Welcome to War Dove Podcast. Warring Dove International is a kingdom organization focused on building local and global partnerships, equipping ministry leaders, and raising up a company of warriors who, like a dove, have eyes to pursue one thing, the king. Thank you for tuning in today as our founder, Lisa McFarland, shares her message. Thank you for tuning in as we are launching our adventure series. Walking with God is much like going on an adventure. And today, Lisa McFarland will be sharing with you some helpful insights of how to successfully navigate this journey you're on with God. We hope you enjoy. I uh, want to continue in the vein of what I was speaking on on Friday night. So let me review a little bit here. I want to talk about God and a relationship with Him is like an adventure. I I was talking Friday night that that God has given us an invitation to go on an adventure with Him. And you know, when you have an adventure, uh, you don't know everything. You, 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 you have a vision or a dream or a goal, and you start on that. And as you start on that vision, dream, or goal, then um, you know that you're going to have some, some mountains to climb, some valleys to cross through, some rivers to cross over. You know, uh, things are not always going to go the way you planned it. There's going to be some surprises. There's going to be some discouragement sometimes, right? You think about Lewis and Clark when they uh, went to map out the United States and the big adventure that they went on. Or, uh, you know, people like Daniel Boone or Davy Crockett or Christopher Columbus when he went to sail across the ocean. Uh, And then people said, when are we going to get there? And Christopher Columbus would be like, I don't know. How long will it take? I don't know. What will it look like? I don't know. What will we encounter? I don't know. Will it be dangerous? It might be dangerous, yes. Will it be fun and exciting? Yes, it'll be fun and exciting. And that's what an adventure is like. And we all like adventure, don't we? That's why we read adventure books. That's why you have the comic books. That's why everybody likes to watch the X-Men and the Avengers and, and uh, go to the movies and, and, and watch people that are having adventure. But the greatest adventure is this relationship with God. And you know what? Sometimes we've been a Christian so long, or we've come to church so many times, we've kind of gotten bored or kind of gotten used to God, and we've forgotten about the fun, or we've forgotten about, uh, you know, how awesome it is. It's kind of like, you, you know, your kids don't really know how awesome you are as a mom or dad because they're like, yeah, 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 right? You know, and then after they grow up and they move away and they come back to visit, they're like, mom, you're a great mom. You're an awesome mom, Right? Sometimes when we are too familiar with something or, or we get used to it, we, 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 lose that, we lose that saltiness. We lose that, that wonder, that amazement. And you know what? God doesn't want us to lose that. And he knows how we are. We get bored really easy. We get bored quick. We get used to things quickly. You know, that's you, like when you're driving home, you don't even pay attention to the pattern that you're driving home. You don't even pay attention to pushing that button on the microwave, you know? You don't even remember, get the recipe book out anymore when you're cooking your favorite dish. You just put it together. But God, doesn't, God knows how we are and how we get used to things. So sometimes He keeps things hidden. And He changes things up. And he, and, he, and, he, and he knows that we have the heart of an adventurer to explore, to discover, to do new things, to, to have to overcome. And when we overcome or, or there's a struggle and we get to the end of it, there's something inside of us that says, yes, I made it. Yes, I overcame it. Yes, I did that. You know, just like when you create something or you paint something or write a song or record and you listen back to it and you go, wow, that's pretty good. And you feel good. Hopefully not full of yourself, but you feel good about it. Right. Where God created the world. And at the end, he said, it's good. 
That's good. That's good. Right? God knows how we are because he made us in his image. And there's this invitation for adventure. For adventure. And God wants us to come on this adventure with him. That's why I have this bicycle up here. You know, Friday night, we, we were riding this bicycle around in this room during the service. Because God spoke to me about a week ago and he said, hey, buy that bike. I'm like, oh, I don't need that bike. I haven't ridden a bike for almost 30-some years, God. I don't even know if I can ride a bike. If I get on it, I might fall down and break my arm, break my head. And I felt like God was like, no, you need to buy that bike. And I'm like, well, it's a pretty loud, outrageous yellow bike. It's pretty, pretty bodacious. I don't know, God. You know? And the Lord's like, I want you to buy that bike. And I said, well, if you want me to buy that bike, you make somebody walk up and give me some money, and I'll go buy it. And, and within a few days, this lady came up, gave me some money, and I went and bought that bike. And I, and I set it in the garage, and I was like, okay, I'm going to ride it, I'm going to ride it, but I'm pretty, I don't know if I can even get up on the seat. And I tried to get up on the seat, and I tried to go down the sidewalk, and it was all wobbly. So my daughter came, and she's holding the back of the bike and holding me up, and I'm trying to ride, and I'm wiggling all over, and I'm like, oh, hold the bike, hold it, hold on to it. You know, I remember when I was the one holding the back of the bike, and I was trying to teach them how to ride the bike. And God began to speak to me about going back to the future. Back to when you first heard about God, first read the Bible, first felt the presence of God, first had a miracle, first got filled with the Holy Spirit. When God first put something down in your spirit and God was inviting you to an adventure, you know? Sometimes in order to go forward, we have to go backwards and look where we came from. We have to remember the good things of God. We have to remember the vision, the dream, the goal, the goodness of God. And so, you know, maybe you don't feel like there's anything in your life right now that's going on that's pretty good. But I want to challenge you this morning to go back to the future. I want you to go back when God first came to you. God first called you. You first received Christ. You first tasted the Holy Spirit. First spoke in tongues. You know, remember when God healed you? Remember when you walked out of that car accident and you didn't have to go to the hospital? Remember when God answered your prayer and you were like, wow, it works. God really can hear me. And I want to challenge you to go back to that moment because sometimes we forget. But remembering is a form of worship. Remembering is not like, oh, you know, hey. No. Remembering is worship. When I remember, I think about it. I go back and think about it again. I don't go, yeah, 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 yeah. No. I go back and think about it again. That's a form of worship. That's why we have feast days. That's why we have holidays. That's why people write dates on the calendar. Part of remembering or thinking on it and having a memorial is a part of worship. This is a divine invitation. For what? To remember, to go back to the beginning, to, to revisit the vision, to get it put back inside of your heart. It's a divine invitation to get on the bike and ride with God again. Remember when you couldn't wait to ride a bike by yourself and take the training wheels off? And you wanted to be a big girl or a big boy and do it all by yourself? And your mom and dad was holding on the back of it and then they finally let you go? And yet you were still looking back, look mom, look dad, look, look, look! And I remember I would take my hands off the, off the handlebars and ride without my hands on the... can't do that now, but I would take my hands off of there and say, look, no hands! And they'd say, put your hands back on the, on the bars, yeah. right? Just, you know, God, the Father, wants you to feel that pleasure in every area of your life. 
Whether it's your job, raising your kids, your marriage, that thing you're trying to overcome, you know, uh, your ministry, you know, uh, your relationships. You know, sometimes it's scary. It's like getting on a bike for the first time. You're like, I don't know if I can do this. You know, and people think I'm a pretty brave person, but it's not true. I I remember the first time I had to stand up to sing, I thought I was going to pass out. You know, and I kind of got over that after a few years. And then I remember when I had to play the guitar the first time. Then I thought I was going to pass out because I was playing the guitar. And then I remember when God told me to play the drum. I was 40 years old and I said, Grandmas, don't play drums. I don't play the drum, you know? And God's like, Lisa, I want you to play the drum. And, and I started to play the drum at home alone where nobody could see me. And the Holy Spirit would show up and he'd say, now I want you to play in front of people. And I'm like, oh no, God. And it's just like getting on the bike again for the first time and you're afraid. You know, and then I remember when I got a flute and God's like, okay, play the flute. And I'm like, oh, and I had it in my backpack. And then all of a sudden God said, take it out right now and play it in the service. Oh, no. Can I just sing? Because I'm used to that. No. Can I just, can I just play my guitar? Because I'm used to that. No. And it seems like God is always taking us to that new bike, that new thing, that new, that new thing that puts us out of our comfort zone. You know why? Because we're on an adventure. You know why? Because it's an invitation. And in this time where you're overcoming and doing new things and exploring and sometimes crying and sometimes laughing and sometimes you're so scared and and the Father's right there with you saying, I gotcha, I gotcha. Come on, I'm holding the back of the bike. And when you get to the place where you don't need him to hold the back of the bike anymore, he lets go and he says, come on, you can do it. And you're looking back and saying, are you still there? Are you still there? Are you still, are you going to catch me? You're going to catch me if I wreck? You're going to catch me if I fall? God wants us to go back to the point of origin. The first time anything's mentioned in the Bible, the first time something happens, it's the prototype. It's the litmus. It's the origin. And from that place, that was the moment that God had a vision or a dream or a thought. And from that place, everything comes. And sometimes we have to go back to the point of origin because we can't remember why we started on this journey. Why did we, what, 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 what did the Father say? What did they say? They made us join the army, join the battle, join the journey, get on the ship, get on the boat. What was it? Can you imagine what Christopher Columbus said to his people? Hey, we're going to go find a new land. Where is it? I don't know. It's over there. How long will it take? I don't know. When will we get there? I don't know. What will it be like when we get there? I don't know. When will we come back? I don't know. All I know is it's going to be an adventure. We're going to do something nobody's ever done before. We're going we're gonna to explore. We're going to discover. It's going to be an adventure. And it was. Wonder what it was like when Daniel Boone said to the people, come on, we're going to cut a new trail. We're going to open up this land so people can find a new place to live. I wonder what it was like when Jesus was standing there with his 12 disciples and said, hey, if you follow me, I'll make you a fisher of men. Where, where, where were we going, Jesus? And, and as he began to unfold this adventure, they came on this three and a half year adventure with him. And then they continued on after him, after he went to heaven. It's an adventure. This adventure is going to cost you something. It's going to be a process, right? It's going to be a process. It's not going to be one day. It's not going to be one year. It's not going to be one, one, one discovery. It's not going to be one person on the journey. People are going to come. People are going to go. It's going to be up. It's going to be down. There's going to be dark days. There's going to be bright, sunshiny days. You're going to laugh. You're going to cry. It's going to be an adventure. And you know what? You need it. You need it. You need an adventure. 
If it was all the same, 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 it was always good, 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 good. God knows there's a poem called The Weaving. My life is but a weaving between my Lord and I. I cannot choose the colors. He, he, uh, uh, and then it talks about that he has the dark threads. They are as needful as the threads of silver and gold in the pattern that God has planned. Even on the road, it's all black, but there's these white lines and yellow lines. And, and we want all yellow and, and gold. We want all silver and gold. We want it all this. But even the dark, even the empty places, the negative spaces, the going down, those things make us who we are. And they teach us what God is like. It's an adventure. In Genesis chapter 12, 1 to 9, we talked about Abraham receiving the invitation. Right? We talked about in Matthew 13 that Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is like this. It's like a, 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 a Matthew 13 verse 44. The kingdom of heaven is like this. It's like a man who found a treasure that was hidden in a field. In this big piece of land there was something that was precious. You know, gold, pearls, I don't know, something. And the man found it, and, and he knew that it was so, of so much value and so costly that it, he went and sold everything he had, and he bought the land and went away with great joy because he had given it all. He had risked it all for something that was great value. Abraham was like that. When God came to him and spoke to him and he heard God's voice and God told him in Genesis chapter 12, I want you to leave your mother and father. I want you to go to a place I'm going to show you. Abraham heard God. And you know what? He didn't know where it was. He said, go to a land I will show you. That means he didn't know where it was. When will I find it? God never told him, go and it'll take three days and this is what's going to happen, that's going to happen. When he heard God's voice, he believed him and he loved him and he started this adventure called faith. You have heard God's voice, that's why you're here today. You have heard God say, leave and do this or do that and come to me. And you're an on adventure too. And I want to remind you today that this adventure you're on was an invitation. You didn't choose God, he chose you. You didn't invite him, he invited you. You're on an adventure and he knows exactly where you're going even if you don't. And sometimes we need to revisit and, want, and go back to why did we even start this out? In Hebrews chapter 11 verse 8, God tells him to go to the place that he would receive as an inheritance. This adventure you're on is not just to test you, but it will. It's not just an adventure that's going to be fun, but it will be. Remember, taste and see the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who trusts in Him. This adventure, it, 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 it's not just that there's going to be sad times, because there will be. You'll be tested, just like it says in Psalms. I think it's 106. It says that, and the word of the Lord tested Joseph until it came to pass. Sometimes God will speak something to you about your children, about your life, about your marriage. And God will test you with that word by allowing time to pass. And it might even look like your dream has died and it's never going to happen. Or it might look like uh, that it's blocked and, or, or that things have changed. You know, remember in Ruth's life, it looked like the promise had died when Elimelech died. But God knows how to bring to pass His Word. And that Word, that promise, that vision, that dream will test you till it comes to pass. 
It said that he would go to the place in Hebrews 11:8 that he would receive as an inheritance. This, this adventure is to test you, to make you laugh, to make you cry, to keep you on the edge, to keep you guessing, to keep you going back to the point of origin, to remind you you were invited on this. You said yes. But it's also your inheritance. And if you don't go and you don't stay in the adventure and you don't keep going, you're not going to get the inheritance. The race is not given to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, but to he that endures to the end, he shall be saved. David said, I would have fainted if I had not believed that I would have received the goodness of the Lord in the land while I am alive, while I'm living. This inheritance. He also said to him in Hebrews chapter 11 that it would be a land of promise. A land of promise. Where Friday night I spoke about the adventure. Today I want to talk about the promise. Because you go on an adventure because somebody promises you something. Right? In the old days, you know, they, it, I remember there was a, a story in the Bible where David, they were, they were fighting. And, and King Saul said, the person who brings me 1,000 one foreskins of the whatever the Philistines, I'll give my daughter to him. And David went out and did it. Right? Uh, whoever can kill this dragon, I'll, I'll give the princess. You know, David said, whoever scales up this wall and, and gets into the Jebusite fortress, I'll make him the captain or the general of my army. And Joab did it. Right? When you have an adventure, there's an invitation. But also with this invitation, there is a promise. A promise. A promise for adventure. A promise for, for wealth or treasure or riches or relationship or position. Right? The Bible talks about he is faithful who is promised and that he will do it. God has invited you on an adventure and, and he's given you an invitation. But he also has a promise that at the end of it, you're going to get something. And the greatest promise and the greatest gift you're going to get at the end is this relationship that this adventure is going to cause you to have. That you're going to discover along the way of how awesome and amazing the captain of your salvation is. That your boat won't sink. You'll get to the end. He'll calm the storms. He'll dry away your tears. He'll heal your body. He'll complete everything and perfect everything that concerns you. In Psalm 119, 162, it says this, I rejoice at your word as one who finds great treasure. I rejoice at your word as one who finds great treasure. When God's word comes out of his mouth, you can take it to the bank. When God says something, you, you don't have to wonder if it's going to happen or not. God's going to do it. Because God never lies. He never goes to sleep. He never forgets. He always keeps in mind his covenant that it will always stand. He always brings it to pass. He always performs that, uh, that he says that he will do. Not one shot, not one tittle will, will, will fall to the ground. It will, it, it will come to pass. He has the power to perform his word. He will perfect that which concerns me. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. I rejoice at your word as one who finds great treasure, the adventure the adventure that we're on. I want you to go to I want you to go to Genesis today. Let's start in chapter 12 and I want to I want to just follow just for a tiny a moment the life of Abraham. Cuz remember, that's the first person that got the invitation to start this journey. 
We go back to the point of origin. We go back to the place where God uh, is speaking to us and inviting us to come on this journey. What journey? This journey of faith. In other words, I'm going to walk and I'm going to do something, but I can't see if I don't have faith. And faith comes by hearing and hearing comes from God's word. So I've received an invitation for an adventure. Like Abraham, I'm looking to go to a city whose builder and maker is God. Are we all on the same page here? An adventure, an invitation. An invitation to what? To an inheritance, to an adventure, to a city whose builder and maker is God. To discover God along the way. To explore God's goodness and his attributes. And at the end, I will inherit as a son of God, uh, this place of power and authority in heaven, sitting in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. I've been invited. How will I get there? I will follow him. He knows the way. He's the captain of the ship. I just have to get on it. But he's also going to cause me to be able to see and to know. How will that happen? Because faith comes by hearing. And hearing comes from God's word. And this spiritual echolocation is going to help me uh, discover the path. Because God's word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. Psalm 119, 105. Where God's word will light, be a light above my head. It will show me where to put my foot the next step. Right? It's not going to light up everything. God's word is going to be over my head. And as I listen to his words and the promises of God, that light above my head, it'll it'll show me where to put my foot. Okay, okay, I can step there. Okay, I can can go there. Whoa, oh, no, oh, over there. I'm saved. God's word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. God's word will cause me to have faith and I will be able to see with the eyes of faith. You know, it's like I'm walking and and in the natural I can't see it, but in the spirit I can. I want you to hear what God did in the life of Abraham. Right? He He didn't come from a Christian family. He didn't know God at all. And God began to speak to him and he began to worship this God that he could not see. You know, we take it for granted that God's invisible, but at that time, people were worshiping big gods that are 20 to 50 feet tall. Gods made of stone and wood that have jewels and gold and silver on them. And people would bow down and worship these gods just like they do in other countries and even here, even in this city. But when Abram met God, God came to him and he didn't show himself to him. He was invisible. All he could do was hear God's voice. Because he was going to teach Abraham how to go on this adventure. It's not going to be by what you see. It's going to be by what you hear. It's not going to be about the people around you. It's going to be about the one that's, that you can't see. And it was an invitation to do something radical. Something never done before. To worship a God nobody had ever heard of. Not for a long time. And this invitation was going to lead him on this adventure of faith. And along the way, he was going to discover and see things that were invisible and declare those things that are not as though they were. And he was going to walk out a lifestyle and be a prototype for you today. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get out of your country, leave your family, from, go from your father's house to a land I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and I will make your name great and you shall be a blessing. 
And in that part where he called him a blessing, he said, I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. So he gets four promises. I will make you a great nation. I will... Uh, bless you and cause your name to be great and you will be a blessing to those who bless you and through you all families of the earth will be blessed. He gets this promise. Remember? When you go on an adventure the person that invites you on this journey gives you a promise. Hey, you're going to get paid. Hey, you're going to get a position. Hey, you're going to get land. So, you know, God comes and He says to him, Hey, if you come with me on this journey... Where are we going? I'll, I'll tell you when you get there. How will I know how to get there? Just follow me. What will I get if I go on this journey? I will make you a great nation. I will make your name very great. I will bless those who bless you. And through you, all families of the earth will be blessed. He gets four blessings. Four blessings, four promises. So Abraham departed as the Lord had said to him. And Lot went with him. And they began to go out and they began to worship God. I want you to keep jumping with me. Ready? Go to chapter 13. Abraham is the father of faith. It's why we're Christians today. Because this one man believed God and followed God. And now we're, we're, we're following the same God today. We're on the same adventure. Verse 14. Right? His family decides that he doesn't like this same adventure that he's on. So part of his family leaves him. His nephew, who's like his son, decides to go off to another land. You know, and sometimes we're on this journey. And the people we start out with are not the people that we continue with. And often they're not even the people that get to the end with us. There's a lot of times that God will bring people to help birth your vision. Or walk along with you in the beginning. But they're not going to continue with you. Sometimes we're on parallel journeys or adventures. And so for a season, we're walking along until they start to go on over to their land. And you continue on to the land that God has promised you. When that happens, you bless them and release them. Sometimes it's because they, they, it's not big enough for them. It's not, it's not the position they want. It's not the things they want. They're not satisfied with what God has provided. And so they go out to look for something else. We still let them go. We still bless them and release them to go to their land. But we don't get discouraged and stop there and cry about it. We continue on because there's a promise. Remember, there's an adventure. There's a promise. And the promise is, I will, I will make your name great. I will, I will bless you. And through you, all families of the earth will be blessed. But God continues to upgrade His promises and His adventure along the way. And this is what I want you to hear today. As I'm talking about Abraham, I'm talking about you. As I'm talking about this adventure that Abraham's talking, I'm talking about this invitation for blessing and for adventure for you. So God says to them, after his family leaves him and he goes on, it it says this, And the Lord said to Abraham, after Lot had separated from him, Lift your eyes now and look for the place where you are. And look from the place where you are. So, you know, what I'm saying is, there's been this separation. Sometimes we choose people in our lives or choose people to be in covenant with, but it's not the ones God's chosen. So we have to release them to go on to do what God's called for them to do or what they're going to do anyway and go on and continue. Oftentimes, after this time of separation, this time where God is sort of threshing things out and and threshing out the vision, 
And people have to keep saying yes along the way. But when they don't, we get to this place. This is where the promise gets upgraded. Are you listening to me? Sometimes you feel like, well, my friend left me and my, I, my job didn't work out. My car, you know, it's not running as good as I thought. And I thought my kid was going to do this and I thought that was going to happen. And you come to this time of separation where God's continuing to separate you out to himself. It's also a time when God's going to upgrade the promise. Lift up your eyes now and look from the place where you are now. I wouldn't get an upgrade in the promise, and I wouldn't know God like this if I wasn't in this place now. From this place now, I get up and look out, and God speaks to me from this place. He says, look north and south, east and west, for all the land which you see I will give to you and your descendants forever. I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth, so that if a man could count the dust of the earth or the sands on the seashore, then your descendants could also be numbered. Arise and walk in the land through its length and its width, for I give it to you. So Abraham moved his tent and went to dwell by the terebinth trees of Mamre, which are in Hebron, and built an altar there to the Lord. So I want you to pay attention to what's happening here. Remember? I'm talking about Abraham because I'm talking about you. I'm talking about this journey and adventure that Abraham's on where he's going to walk by faith and learn to do something that's, that, that has never been seen, that's invisible, and possess something as an inheritance because of a promise. He comes to this place where he's going out and he's done what God says and now his own family starts separating from him. Right? People that he thought was going to be with them to the end. But they have another destiny, another purpose, or another vision. So they move on. From that woundedness or that sadness sometimes, this is where your promise is about to be upgraded. I hope you're listening to me today because I have a word. This is where your promise is going to be upgraded. From what place? From this place where people are being separated out to the vision and calling that God has for them. So we're not angry. We bless them and release them to go out and do what God's called them to do. And maybe, they sep- maybe God's separating them out and sometimes they separate themselves out. I don't like this. I don't like this manna. I don't like this quail. I don't like this bread. I don't like you, Abraham. I'm tired of following God. I'm tired of not knowing where we're going. I don't like walking by faith, so I'm going to go find me a job, right? And so, you know, whatever it is, whether God separated them out or they separate themselves out by choice or by default, God brings us to this place of separation so the promise can be upgraded. And God says from this place, look out what you see. Everything you see, I'm going to give it to you, Abraham. You know? So before that, he only is going to a place that God's going to show him, but he has no idea what it looks like in the natural or in the spirit. So God comes to this natural place where he's being separated out again from his family. And God shows him a physical land. Look, everything you see around you, I'm going to give it to you. But you're going to have to walk on it and possess it. You're going to have to walk it out. Because the promise doesn't come without some work.
Thank you so much for listening to Warring Dove International's podcast. To find out more about our ministry and how you can partner with us, please visit our website at wardoves.com. And if you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to leave a review, subscribe, and share with a friend. We'll see you next time on our next episode.